Welcome to Full Metal RPG, Season 3, Episode 4. We're going to talk about the State of the Art OSR, which is our new series about uh, state of our our art, role-playing. And I've got two of the biggest fans of OSR I could I could I could think of. I've got we got Gabe back. Welcome back, Gabe. Hello. And we got Malcolm, which if you're in the Discord, you know him as uh, M.Little. He is anytime OSR comes up, there is at least three pages of text. Uh, and that's Malcolm. And he is a, a, a great friend and a, a great GM. And we have we've had a lot of fun. Welcome to the show, Malcolm. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I've been a fan of the show since its early days. Uh, I've been listening to Full Metal RPG for a really long time. I think it's always been a great place to hear really thoughtful thoughts. Uh, it's cool to see uh, uh, Arizona so <laughs> in, in such high regard. Uh, I, I love that. It's It's been already been, always been part of the scene. Uh, it's great in that way. So I'm really happy to be here and to share some knowledge. Well, thank you for being here. And we'll, we're going to get, uh, I, I'm sure I can just pull the string and you guys are going to talk about OSR. So we're going <laughs> to, uh, but first we're going to kind of go on what's been going on. I mean, Gabe, we haven't seen you in a while and yes, uh, I'd like to know what have you been up to this summer? This, 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 the wettest summer in Arizona. Yes. Um, so I pretty much like, um, well, I, I've been super busy at work. That's, that's slowed down. Um, but aside from that, uh, the thing I think would be like most relatable to this is, um, I started teaching a group, uh, how to run, how to play OSR because, oh, uh, they've only been like in the 5e and, uh, one of them reached out to me and she goes, Hey, I, I noticed that like, you like OSR, like me and, um, you know, her boyfriend, uh, we want to try it. So they built a group together and we had our first session last week and wow. that was wow. a lot of fun. That was yeah, a great. lot, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's especially great. because they were like, "Why are you having us roll up like five characters?" And I'm like, "No reason." <laughs> no reason. <laughs> aside from that, practice. It's um, practice. Yeah. Aside from that, we got this, the best one. Oh yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they. Uh, her in particular, she laughed uh, because she basically went to reach for something without like doing like poke, you know, with your ten foot pole, and oh, yeah. immediately learned like you don't do that because I pretty much had a, a bear trap. And it went off and she luckily like didn't lose a hand. But uh, from that point onward, they were like crawling on roll 20. Like, all right, I check for traps. I check for traps. I check for traps. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, but, uh, what, what was the game? What was the system? Oh, so uh, I use Labyrinth Lord, which is a multi basic derivative. Um, so it's like BXD and D. Um, and then the actual module we are running is through Oltan's door, which is a three part with a bonus issue uh, zine. Very, 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 very good. Um, the writing is spectacular. Um, and it's it's definitely something you should check out if you haven't ran it before. Very whimsical and very dream. There's, there's almost like a through the looking glass vibe to it, which I like, really like. So, um, but yeah. aside from that, my uh, collection grew 10 feet, which is now like the official <laughs> unit of measurement. That I use. So. Yeah. Nice. So, call Call that the the buzzkill uh, measure sis, uh, scale. The uh, <laughs> yeah, how many books do you have? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, pretty much ten feet. Nice cubic feet. Yeah, Malcolm, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then well, tell us what you've been up to? Yeah, I'm. 
Uh, I live in Stockholm, Sweden. I've been into role-playing games my entire life, but I had a long bout of playing mostly video games and being interested in video game design. And then I figured that uh, I'm not very good at programming, so what else is cool? And then I stumbled into uh, back into role-playing games. Uh, I was mostly into White Wolf and older D&D and stuff like that, but more like second edition. Not so interested in the, in the editions that were popular at the time. And I figured, okay, what else is cool? And then I began to find the blogs of the OSR. And I figured, oh, okay, what's this all about? And people are still playing the first edition. Is that good? I don't remember it being good. But I was wrong, of course, because I was a kid. And now I re read it. After rereading all those old books, I'm like, wow, this is like stellar stuff. I'm, I understand why this birthed a freaking new medium, like tabletop role-playing. I mean, it's so incredibly done stuff as reading as an adult or you know having a little more game design think my thinking hat on and not just being a kid that wants to be a superhero and thinking that this doesn't really help me be a superhero that much and that's probably the case because it doesn't really help you be a superhero the first editions of dnd right but uh yeah but otherwise i've been up to right at the moment uh role-playing wise i've been starting to play games again i was really down during the pandemic because i had a at work, uh, a uh, an OSR group. We don't call it OSR. I just say we're playing D and D. Okay, what version? The first versions. I say, okay, let's do that, because because of D and D, it's getting so big on Twitch on YouTube. So I was really easy to get a lot of people who've never role played before to get on board. So I had like ten people, eleven people playing. So and that really works with the old versions. It's not like D and D five where the game falls apart if you're more than five people gets too unwieldy and the the adventures are not built for that. But old school D and D, you can have as many players as you want. And all it does it it kind of self regulates. The more people you have, less XP, less gold you get. So it kind of it kind of flattens out really nicely. So uh, uh, what that worked out perfectly. It was so much fun. We we were playing a mixture of. Mostly Source and Wizardry, a great uh, version so of the good. first first version of D and D, based on the on the real original box sets before mm -hmm. first edition. That's a great rule set, and with a little bit of old school essentials, which is basically BX D and D, which has a little more developed rules like morale rules and rules uh, other kind of like more updated rules for surprise and stuff like that. So I put that into my rule set. So that, I was having a lot of fun pandemic hit no more playing at work and i got really depressed and i started working on my own retro clone and stuff like that but now i've started to play online with foundry foundry vtt mm. um, and that's a great system to uh to uh play old school dungeon dragons with so uh, i play with now with my friends we're playing the, the the largest of all the mega dungeons called halls of arden vol it's a, a book on i mean the pdf is like over a thousand pages it's like 25 levels of of uh, in the dungeon there's a, a whole overlap overworld uh, with map and it's a great system <laughs> it's a great uh, adventure so i'm learning to how to run that because i've never run a, a mega dungeon of that size that complex pl complexity before so that's well, foundry vtt looks pretty tight D yeah it's let's, a great did, did you try roll great. 20 first did you no no, no, no you I, just went i did i, I do what, what I, I always do I'm gonna buy a new printer. I I research that shit. I I, I, look at, I I look at YouTube movies for days, and I all the comparisons said Foundry. If you can program, is good. 
enough. And so I found people who had built uh, an old school uh, essentials module for that system. So I took that, hacked it, so it would work with Swords and Wizardry instead, because, of course, the pluses are different. You get yeah. the, for strength and, and all that stuff, and the damage it works a little differently. So I had to hack the code, made it work out fine. So I'm using that now, and it's great. I mean, for Mega Dungeon, where, where all the complicated maps, when you play at, 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 in real life, you often, when you have a really complex dungeon, you just show it on the screen, or you write, yeah. you draw the map for the players because it's too much of a pain in the ass. But in a in a in a VTT, you just let the players play. You turn off auto mapping and let them go wild, and they go they get lost, and they're start, they have to start drawing their own maps on their own <laughs> on, on paper or on on different online tools. Oh goddamn! I thought we were going to this room, and they open the door. It's another room because they're like they they've messed up, so they're like parallel up one level. It's not what they thought. They get surprised by its contents and chaos and choice catacombs at that i love that it's so Mm -hmm. much that's that's i think what i love about osr like and what just like drew me to it is just it's so i I always joke about it like when people like first play osr with me um because i i'm I'm a very hands-off dm um and they'll be like all right cool so like why are we in this dungeon i'm like i don't know man you heard there's treasure here okay well like why are we getting it i don't know man just go like kick some doors (laughs) like that's that's like all you need. Like it is the bare bones of D and D, which is kicking down doors, getting treasure, and like the getting one thing I always like seeing people's eyes light up with is they're like, "Wait, so we level up by just getting loot?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Yeah." Oh, damn, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 can build your world as you want. What what I like to do is mm-hmm. we can begin the discussion there. But what I love to do about with the, with the creating the world is just saying that you guys are dirt poor. You have no chances. You can stay at home, get a wife, become a serf. Uh, indentured uh, work uh, work is what you can get. Or you can fuck off to the Badlands <laughs> and get get all the stuff you want. And mm-hmm. that's what I just tell the players that you come from really simple uh, backgrounds. Oh you, yeah. You, like and what you got, you come the starting gold is basically them just having, you know, you got a bunch of sheep and cows and leather and with you. And that's basically what you, that you're starting capital. You trade it in for, for venturing gear. And then you go out and then that's what they start with. And then of course they recruit people in the town and they might have their own backstories and that might grow up and, and turn into something else. But I just say, you guys are coming from really dire straits. And the reason why you're doing this is basically, it's, it's, you, you, you're not like normal people. You don't want a wife and kids. You want something else. And here you can get something else. And then they start learning magic, worshiping, worshiping elder gods and, and stuff like that. And then I, they build it up. And they, they understand that their players are, their characters at least, are, are crazy people going down yeah. into hell back again and again and again. So they understand off the bat that their characters are weird. And they start role-playing them as kind of eccentric yeah. and strange and and violent and like they get into that kind of western movie mindset of like they they're there for all the wrong reasons and they just go wild and they, they, and while they're there they'll find people they fall in love with they'll find npcs that they'll care a hell of a lot about more than they do for themselves and they'll do any for the, anything for those people so it goes from being you know total egoists to like into becoming like truly selfless people at the flip of a dime which makes them look totally uh uh 
erratic and yeah. scary. So everyone town, every, every zero level character, they're, they're like, they're, they, they see those characters <laughs> Stay away around. from those dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much violence. So, 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 so much, yeah. Yeah. So see what I mean about, you know, I get three par- three pages for one sentence. It's, this is, this is, this is gold right here. Um, <laughs> okay. So. I, I just uh, I've been uh, we still playing Brendan's uh, Ravenloft game. That's what mm-hmm. I've been up to, and uh, we went into a hole in the in the back of this uh, toy shop that where this like corrupted toy man had been like layered, and mm-hmm. I uh, I thought that because um, I'm playing the rogue and being we have a couple of inexperienced players. And I, th- I thought the trap was, it was a sound-based trap. So we went in this room and there's like a, a, a like skeletal zombie, like at an organ with all these other skeletal zombies, like hanging off of strings from these like mech, uh, this mechanical, like almost like a, a puppets, like from the ceiling. And I thought, oh, this is a sound-based trap. So if we just be really quiet, we can kind of get through this. No, no, no. Yeah. Pressure plate. Uh, ah, pressure well. pl- pressure plate us. And, and basically, uh, we got... It was... it was. An, this is the second fight we've had in this game. And one character died. This is 5e D&D. Mm. One character died. Uh, and then the other two characters were on the ground. I was able to drag them out. Um, right. a, 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 so, like... It has been really, de- and these were just like kind of skeleton level bad guys. And we're like level Great. three of us are level two. One of us is level one. And then one of the other characters was kind of off doing his own side adventure. So, oh. <laughs> so, so yeah, but it really wouldn't have mattered. Like if he is there, cause oh. he would have run like immediately. So like it, it did, <laughs> it, he, he was like yelling at us at the table. Like you guys should run. You guys should run. I'm like, no, we have a chance here of mm-hmm. beating these guys. It's just the fact that Brendan was hot rolling and yeah. like just critted twice and just never missed and was rolling high damage. And like I would I could have probably kited the rest of the this room with my rogue just like shooting them with arrows. But of course, that would be really boring for everybody else. So I'm like, OK, well, yeah. I'm just going to drag these people out of this dungeon yeah. And, and and cut just like loss. you cut our, cut our losses and and apology apologize to the character that we couldn't save because they were already dead, um, but yeah, it, from there too. yeah so yeah. It, we're just trying to figure out what to do next because it's supposed to be close to the end of the story arc, but we really haven't even won a fight yet. So yeah. like it it was <laughs> it's just one of those times when I'm like, yeah, they say five E is not like that deadly. But if you roll like shit and have shit stats, yeah. it's fucking yeah. deadly. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, all those crits and advantage. I mean, that goes both ways. I mean, that's why they have all those really forgiving systems. Because I mean, I mean, all that can't really be done in the old school cool D and D. Because you know, of course, there's a range of damage, and they can be disastrous. That too, that getting hit that way too. But just like all those kind of you know crit on and, and all these kind of snowballing effects are much smaller and much more manageable in the old school. So yeah. I, I understand the 5e can be monstrous if you're if you're unlucky enough. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened is like we 
he rolled three d six down the line for stats. Which Ooh, old school style, old school style. Yeah. Great. And there's a reason that the, you don't do that. That's like not even a recommended method in the book anymore. Like, do yeah. no, exactly. you get too low stats that way? Yeah. And, yeah. and like the, the wizard had a negative two con modifier. So, Ooh. Ooh, nice. Great. This is, this is sounding great. Yeah. This is sounding good. And then it's running it exactly as I would. Yeah. Definitely. It, 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 it is exactly but it's like he's trying to get this story going in this like creepy city but it's just like every time we kind of interfaced with something that's because like the we had this scene in the previous session where like the bad guy kind of showed up uh to this performance like we were trying to talk this there's a toy man who's trying to move into town and we had somehow like kind of intersected with them and this old the old the old uh gnarled corrupted toy man showed up to like destroy his performance in front of all these people. And like, I think Brendan was expecting us to like actually fight this guy. But as soon as he shows up, he like flips a wagon and we're like, uh, no, we're, we're running later. Like this is, this is a run. This is not a, like, we're not going to win this fight. Uh, (laughs) so it's a creepy city. It's an amazing atmospheric, like imagine playing, uh, eight or nine sessions of Dungeons and Dragons and having two fights where most of the party dies. Yeah, that sounds great. like a fan. That sounds like a great time to me. Sounds like a great time. I love that. I love it, that. It has been a great time. It's just one of those things where it's like trying to show new people like yeah. how to play the game and they're like, oh, uh, so one the 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 warlock was like oh i'm gonna hit it with my swords like no hit it with your spell even if you're in hand to hand because your cantrips and D don't it doesn't pr- provoke anymore it's like it's so, <laughs> but they weren't you know yeah. <laughs> go ahead what's no i was gonna say what's funny about that like cantrips is i had something come up with uh the new group that i'm running and uh one of the girls the girl that actually wanted to start the group she's playing a magic user and she's like all right cool so i have my spells like what what uh where's like my cantrips like what are the spells i can use and I'm like those don't exist and she's like well, what do i use and i'm like you get to use the old sling and rock and she's like what do you mean i'm like your spells are like that's your big damage like you do not want to use those on just like a simple skeleton so you're just going to be sitting there chucking rocks the whole time with your sling and it's like seeing people like really reel back and go like oh wow like kind of like what you're saying like having negative two con and all that one of them rolled up literally one hp and they're terrified and i'm like that's good like that is old school because uh and it's not that i dislike 5e i i love 5e like a lot um it's my second favorite iteration of it with the first being multi-basic which again that's ose and labyrinth lord um but like when you take those old school systems and the dungeon becomes half of the enemy. That's that. I think that's, what's different. 5e has such a great um, scope of like monsters and encounters and stuff you can come across. But in that, in those old school systems, like the dungeon is like the main antagonist. And I think that's, that's like some of the charm um, that to me is appealing and to like see some of that brought into 5e kind of like that old school flavor with like rolling 3d6 down the line 
like you can turn 5e like you were saying like everything you're talking about with like the toy maker i'm like i want to play this like this sounds yeah, like exactly. old school style 5e and like that's what i yeah. really like i think you guys yeah. really dig it uh breakfast champions is like how many spell slots do i have it's like no it's <laughs> not how that works at all. <laughs> <laughs> no exactly uh, um There's but but uh yeah that was uh that was that was kind of uh what i've been up to uh recently so um sounds like a good time man it, it, yeah, it man. has been a great time and we've been playing in person and it's it's mm. sort of like really nice to you know see people again you know I, I you know it's uh it's always one of those things where it's like oh is this how we do things so we we've, we've been doing meals beforehand like it's it's one of those things where it's like it's almost the fellowship before the, the variable start of when the game starts kind of thing yep. and, yeah. and I, I have missed that, but I also, you know, I also enjoy my online uh, adventures. Like we, we had that Mork board game where I had two, uh, you know, my character had two hit points. My character had two hit points and survived. I, I do one of those again so bad. We're, we're, those community games are so fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. I, I'm uh, speaking, we'll roll right into a Patreon conversation uh, because that seems appropriate. If, you know, if you get excited, you got excited about that Morkboard game. I mean, we can do that again. We just didn't have uh, the support kind of dipped afterwards, and it kind of and it, it people uh, were not as uh, responsive after a while. Like they were, you know, everybody kind of got busy. But so kind of maybe have to go with a community game that'd be a little more smaller in scope before it could expand to a giant yeah. thing, right? And uh, some people to be dedicated to the 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 back end part of it would be also so uh, we we should have that as a new goal on the Patreon. I'm trying to set. I mean, if we get back to 200, I'm definitely bringing Buzzkill's bookshelf back. I mm-hmm. I have you know 25 foot of bookshelves in the Buzzkill uh, scale. Uh, yeah. I would like to share more of those. I have some really cool, interesting things like this. A game from uh, Brazil that's like this weird disc-shaped book that no one has probably seen since Gen Con 2015 when I bought it from the one guy that demoed (laughs) it. Like, so uh, there's a lot of cool stuff on my shelf. I'd like to share it, but I I need some encouragement from the patrons. uh, And new patrons are encouraging to me. They're they're giving us lifeblood. We would not look as good as we look now. We would not be as doing as, as many things as we do now without the Patreon. Uh, really, really appreciate all of, all of, uh, the support. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really keeping us going for sure. And, and we would probably be having this conversation over text somewhere, (laughs) uh, today instead of doing this live stream or, and, or podcast. So, um, cause that's where we're at, but, uh, thanks all the patrons for all you do for us. And I promise we will finish updating the Patreon eventually. I, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot to do. Uh, Just want to say that I'm a proud patron of the of the of the podcast. I love what you guys have been doing, and I hope other people join us on Discord because I mean, when you're there, you can hang out with the other patrons and every all the other listeners, and uh, it, it's a great community. A lot of discussions there, and it becomes a lot easier to motivate yourself to become a patron when you hang out with cool people so uh, patron games are really fun that's how i met malcolm and um kirby and wolf and it was a fantastic time 
Yeah, it, the the Discord is really our home. Like, it's really the home of the show now. Like, I'm trying to uh, reinvigorate the 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 Facebook, and I just if you think we you fo- <laughs> here, let me plug the Instagram real quick because we just it's like it's almost like we started again on Instagram. I don't know why I, we lost. Like, you know, we didn't lose anybody. Brendan uh, is now Industrial Strength RPG he took the old full metal RPG Instagram. So if you think you're following us on Instagram, you're following Brendan. So please come to full metal RPG on Instagram. And I'm trying to get some more going on there, but it's so much more dynamic and fun on the discord, uh, than it is on any social platform I can think of. Like no social platform matches what, uh, discord tinyurl.com slash full metal discord if you're just listening to this or you follow our link tree anyway so now that we've talked half an hour about osr we're going to talk another half hour about the state of osr and get into it the first thing i want to ask you guys is what is your preferred meaning for the acronym osr I want I want to hear your your thought on what is the because we talk a lot about stuff uh, in and we use a lot of acronyms on sh- on these shows and OSR is one of those acronyms that sort of gets repurposed mm. in different in different ways so I want to hear Gabe what is your preferred o- version of the acronym OSR. Old school renaissance. Old school renaissance. Okay. Old school renaissance because um, I believe that some of the roots of it date back to like mid-2000s. Is like when it really started to move. You had um, Goblinoid Games and stuff putting out. Well, I mean, technically, if you want to go to like the super beginning, you have, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, my God. I can't think of it. Um, Castles and Crusades? No. Uh, Castles and Crusades is one of them. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, I'll get back to that. Uh, you also had a Gab- Goblinoid Games and stuff creating um, Labyrinth Lord. Osric. That's what I was trying to think of. You had Osric. Osric is one of the first ones. Um, and it's it was pretty much a renaissance of looking at these old rules, which you could you know modify and retro clone using um, the OGL. And people started to kind of create different takes and clarifications and stuff. Because, I mean, if you look at um, some of those early editions, some of the rules aren't like super clear um, and it's either because it was kind of up to the DM or maybe just left for interpretation to begin with. Um, so some of these retro clones and stuff are coming out and going, well, what if we had um, like uh, Holmes blue set and, but we like modified this certain aspect of it, you know, kind of like our house rules. So you had these different flavors kind of branching off. So that's why I kind of say it's more or less a Renaissance and like an appreciation of it. than it is a revival of, of people just going, hey, this is kind of cool again. Let's just do it. To me, Renaissance implies that it's it is coming back and it it's not really going to go anywhere, at least for like the foreseeable future. So, Malcolm, what is? Do you agree with Gabe there, or do you yeah, have- definitely. It's it's a Renaissance. It's the old school Renaissance. It's is also not only a play style. It's a scene, and it, it, it you could say a scene is what a scene does, but that is maybe too vague. But it's it's it is something. It's a kind of a movement. It's both creative and also uh, uh, try. It's uh, trying to uh, engage with the players in a new way. For example, I played 
uh, role-playing games my entire life, but I never played it in the in the so-called old school way. I played with a lot of skills, a lot of character depth. That was what I thought role-playing was, was like inhabiting a character, something I did terribly. I'm a terrible actor. I have I get always get tongue tied. I have I create basically the same person every game, no matter what game I play. <laughs> I was terrible at it, but that's what that's the Swedish way of playing. It was very very character driven, and all the skills, are, and and all the rules, all the edge cases that had to be mapped out. And then I found the the old, the old school Renaissance where they were playing with rules light, and they were totally. Uh, doing new stuff and all the random generation and stuff. So that was what got me into it. So I figured this is something new. So I was not in it as a as as any nostalgia because I never played it that way. It was totally yeah. new for me. And all my friends the same way. None, especially in Sweden, D and D was never really. There's always been D and D and D here, but it was not the big systems. It was more more BRP, basic role playing games, or it was White Wolf. So there was never. There were some grognards, of course, who have been playing at basic since back then, but they were f f there was nothing I ever experienced. So for me, the old star was totally new, new play style, new new way of looking at how to create characters, how to create adventures, how to uh, use uh, the system to create gonzo, really strange, very weird experiences. Something that I was like totally enthralled with. So for me, it is a renaissance. It's a scene. It's a play style. It's people. It's creators. It's gamers. It's, it's all that. All, yeah, exactly. All yeah. that at once. When uh, me being a, uh, really into music, I really vibe off that. I feel like that's really all the, the things I want: community, uh, creativeness, and uh, uh, and uh, and a way to like reach out to people. And everyone else, everyone can be creative. Everyone, everyone can create a blog. Every everyone can put up their little dungeon on itch itch.io. Uh, it, it's so easy to collaborate and become a part of the scene. All you have to do is say, I created a little adventure and people will give you thumbs up and think, say, that's really cool. Maybe I'll use that in my uh, campaign. And then you drop that little castle into your campaign and all of a sudden someone's using your stuff. And th th that's what's so incredible about it. I, that's what I love about it too. But that's yeah. why. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's old school re uh, renaissance. Um, what? <laughs> and I think retro clone is the exact right word. For a lot of the early stuff, I think it's it's moved on and it kind of swings back and forth. But yeah. what, what what we mean by that is is uh, generally it, there's there's there were many many versions of Dungeons and Dragons in the seventies, and a lot mm -hmm. of the retro clones are taking those those different little incremental changes and deciding I want to rewrite those rules. So you say uh, BXD and D. Which I believe is the basic box set, right? Basic expert, yeah. Basic, yeah. and then two box set, right? And then there's Moldvay, which is another version of it after mm -hmm. that, right? So there's yeah. there's literally a lineage of all these games, like first edi first edition, you know, it, all these like oh, we're gonna do it without elves and dwarves, like we're literally like going back to before they were even classes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, that's a lot of what we're talking about is these kind of re reinterpretations of those systems. And then we branch out into stuff like Morkborg, yeah, which uh, is like really gonzo and out there, but also still has those seeds of the random generation and some of the very, yeah. very hard uh, edges that you encounter when you're 
when you're going through those worlds. So, uh, but I just want to expand that because I think it's one of those things where mm-hmm. like people don't, people just think it's like, Oh, these guys just love these old black and white games and like, you know, they don't want their games in color and they don't want, they don't yeah. they, uh, yeah. want it to look like typewritten and like, it's a very, it's, there's an aesthetic and there's a, there, but it, it's a, it's a very, it's now become a very wide genre of, it was a scene, but now I feel like it's a genre unto itself. It's not just, uh, fantasy games, but also OSR is kind of its own genre of fantasy, but it's different from what we call traditional trad games and that you'll hear yeah. that a lot as we go on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to explain it. Of course, the, the old, the, all the old, the cool thing about the old, all the old different versions of the old D and D the old school versions is that they're all basically just small increment increment differences so you yeah. can take i want to play uh, a, ver- a version of basic but with this from ad and d first edition or that that so you can just pick and choose that's what the great thing you can take any D adventure and play with any of those rule sets and they'll work yep. and I... that's what that's what makes it so magical is that the the scene and the the the, the amount of possible books you can use is incredible it's... oh yeah and like if if you're like a you know, um, and I don't mean this in a negative way. If like you're a, a, a tabletop gamer that's like on a really strict budget, you can go onto eBay or go to like here in Arizona, we have Zia, which is a, a record store and bookstore. It's like kind of an everything store or just like go online um, and you can find old BX modules or even just like first edition modules for either free. Like I have a bookmark that's like 300 plus just like community made on Dragon's Foot adventures, all compatible with OSR. And you can yeah. run those. For your friends yeah. and you will never run out of content and you won't You'll have to drop out. a dime and like kind of going off what malcolm said with everything just kind of working together um i run a scarlet heroes game with my girlfriend which is osr uh, it's written by kevin crawford who also did um stars without number than worlds without number um and that is specifically made for one person one dm and um that is that is rooted in i believe it's um molde as well um but it, it, it's got some manipulations to it so that you can make it one per, one person one but the stats and everything transfer over and then i have a game with um one of my really closest friends and that's labyrinth board um and i wanted to bring them together just to see if i could make it work and i had a player running scarlet heroes a player running labyrinth lord using a module from basic fantasy rpg which is essentially another moldvay derivative but with ascending ac and it all worked completely and like that right there is like the beauty of osr in that you can have all these different games these different modules and everything and you will truly never run out of like stuff to do and like that is that is so cool to me it is so cool (laughs) that's the thing because of course i love mercbori they're made by uh, my compatriots here in sweden i'm super proud of all of their accomplishments i love the game but the the cool thing about the D and D derivatives is that they're so compatible with each other. That's what mm-hmm. makes it so magical. You can you can take something from Lamentations. I'll take something from the uh, Judges Guild. I'll take something from uh, even Second D and D, Second Edition D and D. I could take something there because it's very similar in ways to the old versions. I could just put it together. A little Planescape yeah. here, a little little that, and it'll work. And uh, and that's what's so cool about. It. But of course, the the other games like Mercbori or, or uh, uh, Troika, which is to- or Mothership, which is to- yeah. totally di- totally different rules, and they're great in their own way, and I love them too. But they're very more insular 
it's that experience you'll get, and you, you cannot take um, a barrel uh, a barrel maze. Uh, oh, I can't so take I, I can't take that dungeon and easily just slot it into Troika. Sadly, because the rules are not not compatible mm-hmm. enough. But as long as you're in the old school D and D vibe, it's like incredible how seamless they all work together so you can just like and because D is basically just plane hopping different realities to you you can just easily i'm in carcosa one week and then i'm in ravenloft the next yep. and then i'm back on uh greyhawk the greyhawk world later or the or the 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 known world from the basic books compatibility the, is such a, a compatibility is, is like the, i think that's why the osr is big as it is i mean all 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 cred to the to the play style and the maxims and the but it's the it's the backwards compatibility with all those systems it's, which DD lost with with third edition and definitely i i love DD because it's so different from from later editions that it's a great uh, mar, uh, mark of great design but yeah. the that the old stuff is so compatible. It's like, it means like you have games for days and days yeah. and t- never and end. You can tailor it to like down to the specific player. Cause last summer I did a, a full 10 floor clear of the Stonehell dungeon. And some, like some of my players were like, I want to play Moldvay, like specifically, which is what original Labyrinth Lord is based on. But then I had a player that's like, I want a multi-class and I want to play like a Druid and like Cleric, which is something from advanced D&D. So using Labyrinth Lord, um, it was one of the first systems to create that compatibility with the Advanced Edition Companion. So like I had race class BX D&D players playing alongside advanced uh, characters, which you couldn't do beforehand. But Labyrinth Lord has created a system in which they are compatible. So to have a dwarf, a fighting man, and then a like human druid playing alongside in a system neutral dungeon, like... For someone like me, and I'm pretty sure Malcolm is like this too, like seeing that it's so cool. Like yeah, it's, it's so cool to is, see all of that, that just too. working seamlessly. No, it's great that way. It's so mm-hmm. it's so fun. So yeah. that's but th- 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 there's a lot of different systems out there. There's a lot of different ways to play it. I think theoretically, you can create a game that is basically you being in a uh, a cooking championship, and you can just build that game. A slice of life kind of game. Maybe you're not even the head cook. You're just in the in this kitchen. The head cook is their referees handling, and everything's just player skill. Everyone has to be a foodie or have some kind of knowledge in the kitchen. But everything else, oh, what are you guys going to make? And and then you can just create systems for how the how the judges would react and how the other teams are trying to fuck you over and stuff like that. And you can create a game. And that would be OSR because it would fill all. It would tick off all the the, the maxim boxes: player skill, rulings, not rules, uh, sandbox play, all that. You can do that. It's possible. I would love to actually. Just speaking about, it, I think that would be kind of really <laughs> cool to do that. But uh, I think all that is it, all that is possible. It's just that the dungeon in the old school gaming is such a controlled environment that can go mm-hmm. so crazy, and it's so. Uh, so much fun stuff there. So that's basically why it's old school. But I think you could take anything about the OSR and place it into entirely different worlds and different rule sets if you want. As long as you you try to fix up, you just try to adhere to the maxims, which is basically, I think in, in I think it's I know people say that the OSR. What does it mean? It means anything to anyone. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And I don't think that's true. I think it's it it it's a it's a it's a category for certain players to know. Okay, this game is my play style. 
if they're saying they're inspired by the OSR, I understand what that means. Yep. I know what they're that they're making. It's not just gobbledygook, just like uh, it could be anything, and who knows what it means, and it just means whatever I want it to mean. And I don't think that's really fair because I think there are quite defined. Of course, it's very fluid, and even AD and D first edition, which is count the OSR. If you play rules as written, it's a very complex game. It's not rules light at all, but it's. It, it's called OSR because the rule sets are so, uh, all the subsystems are so, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, interchangeable. You can take anything out and the scheme won't break. So you mm -hmm. can hack AD&D 1, which everyone's done. Every 10-year-old, no 10-year-old knew how to play the first edition of AD&D because no. it's too complex. They took what they <laughs> want, they played it, and it worked. And that's what's so cool about it. I, I like AD&D first edition, but I want the encumbrance system from Lamentations, which yeah. is much simpler. It's a slot-based just take that out, put that in. Nothing breaks down. And the same thing with the, I want a, I want to change the XP system. That the uh, you probably should keep the, the 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 requirements to go up a level. But I don't want it to be gold for XP. I want to have expiration, or I want yeah. it to be uh, political. Uh, you have, I have to take over towns, and that's how I get XP. You can do that too, and it'll work basically. So that's what's so cool about it. It's but, all system neutral. Yeah. So all that can can work. But I think that the OSR does actually mean something. Yeah, and, and I was just thinking about like how much people because the one thing that that from those old games that I think gets changed immediately is Thacko, right? Because it's 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 not as into it. It works really well if you can get over the hump of this kind of reverse thought because most of the ones I've interfaced with have kind of switched over. That's the one Switch thing they've kind of switched over to the positive AC system. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I, 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 yeah, I understand that. I'm really stupid. I don't know how Thacko works. So all I do is I give everyone the table. Look at this table. Look at the, your 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 level versus uh, the guy's AC, and then you just find on the on the matrix on the table what you have to hit. So that's all I give the players, and yeah. they understand it. I play only descending. Uh, so oh, I just okay. Give, I, no, no, no. They, they, some of them, the, you know, the more mathy players, they'll understand Thacko and start doing it that way. But no, I just give everyone a photocopied a little. For their, <laughs> they have on their sheet. They look at it, or they write it down. On, there's on, on modern uh, it, uh, um, character sheets. They usually have your levels uh, to hit ratio. Yeah, so you just write I was it down gonna say there. the the Labyrinth Lord sheet on the bottom will actually have a uh, like a, a single Thacko thing. So like all you need to know is like, okay, what's their AC? Oh, it's four. All right, I need to roll a like fifteen or a thirteen or or whichever. And so, like, I'm just like ignore like all of that. So just pay attention to this. Yeah. Here's your roll. <laughs> Add these and these together, and then it, it, this is their AC. Did you meet or exceed it? Cool. You're good. Exactly. Because yeah, I would play like that. I would make that number lit when I was playing second edition back in the nineties, I would make yeah. that number. Uh, yeah. All, I would just figure it out and just write it down once. And then when I redo my Thacko, I just move the numbers. One over. It, one over. That, that was a, that was a, <laughs> a, 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 you know, a life hack that, uh, uh, that uh, TSR learned that they can do it. But I think that I know ascending is easy, just uh, plus whatever you have. And then, and, and then you'll hit it. But I mean, it's even easier to give someone that table. Here, yeah. look at that table just rolled. I've done it for so many players. They have no idea how the math works. It's like, oh, I, I just compare this. and Okay, now I know what to hit. I hit yeah. it. And so there's, it's even easier to learn, I think. People have even like hacked Thacko. And like I've seen systems, like there's one called Target 20, which is like the sum of like this, 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 and this. If it meets or exceeds 20, then it's a hit. And that's like... 
that's I think even easier because then you have to just focus on one number. Um, yeah. I, I haven't personally used that, but I think it's also because I just I actually enjoy the mechanical, you know, equation kind of aspect of Thaco. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just I really do enjoy that. I enjoy looking at the table, kind of doing one. Okay, cool. Doing one of these or you know comparing. Okay, a three HD creature has you know this and whatnot. I I enjoy that aspect, but I can also see why there's systems where people would enjoy ascending AC like basic fantasy mm. which is literally osr with ascending yeah so. yeah exactly and I, all I, the old yeah i was gonna say my 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 joke was gonna be i was gonna write thaco the role-playing game and, yeah. and just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just to see how many people how much hate mail i would get uh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it, it, the thaco thing i think is a little math nerdy I, i've never I, i'm terrible at that kind of stuff so I, I can never figure it out exactly how to okay how you do it i just look at the table but all the modern versions like the source and wizardry uh, old school essentials they also include uh, the ascending yeah. table too so you just you can just follow that just as easily and just still play it so i understand some players go i'll never go back to descending that sounds crazy but when i play with new players it's not hard to get them to play because they have nothing to compare it with right. they've never played 5e or 4e or anything like that they just yeah. look at this table i mean it's a little archaic but they think it's fun okay. i really like that of osc i was looking at that um because i just got uh, halls of the blood king in the mail mm. and i noticed that they had um the uh the ascending alongside the thaco so yeah i'm still waiting to get a book because as soon as they go up they're sold out i'm like well eventually it's super <laughs> popular now i mean yeah. the books are so beautiful i mean this is the this is the not the non-advanced version so this is the basic one but it's yeah. such a the layout is incredible oh yeah so easy to read i mean you find out what old school role playing is about by reading this book Oh, all the mechanics with the surprise rules mm -hmm. and and uh, the encumbrance when when you when, when you can you can just you know sh you know uh, the encumbrance rules are often too difficult to actually play with. So, but they're there. But when, when, that's the great thing about Foundry when when I play it online is that all that is digitized. So I just turn it on and, and all of a don't sudden don't worry about it. <laughs> and, and they became so engaging. The people are dropping things like crazy. Oh, I have this. I have, I'm carrying around two jugs of oil. It's too heavy. I'm chucking it and putting and taking that little statuette with me instead. So they're throwing things off them all the time. So it becomes really fun because it, otherwise it would be a pain. I mean, writing it down, all that kind of stuff. It, I think that you have to use the rule of cool, if that or if they're yeah. or the rule of stupid. Okay, you're you're carrying seventy five javelins. That's stupid. <laughs> Don't do that. And then otherwise it's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna take these fifty gold bars and put them into my bag. <laughs> you go whoop. Like, exactly. Yeah. And 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 I always randomize magic items and spells. So what what people say in 5e is that a bunch of dump spells. What, what, what's the point of this? In the old versions, you only got the spells that you found in the dungeon. So a spell, was they didn't have to be balanced because you got them randomly. Oh, this tri rope trick where I can just climb up and just, you know, dis disappear into a little portal, into the, this little pocket dimension. That sounds stupid. Oh, but if it's, it's, if it's the only third level spell you found... And you have it in your magic book, you'll find you'll find uses for it when you yep. have it. Of course, when you have everything available, that's a different thing. But that's like that's elite gamer. You you have to be playing for years and years and years to get all those spells. Magic yeah. users get they get find things all the time and they die. Spell they 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 their their spell books get ruined. They have, I, when people die, I always make sure all their items get rolled for saving throws. And people <laughs> lose the 
all the time in my game. Oh no, how much does it cost to replace my my magic book? My my because the, the 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 empty uh, spell book is only like fifty gold pieces. Oh, but if you have to replace it, it's going to cost thousands of gold pieces. Oh yeah, what? especially with like okay. all that shit they have stored in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to get all that back? So from memory, it's going to cost you a lot. Yeah. Oh, so old school. Uh, well, so, so like, what is kind of the current kind of you? You guys kind of talk a little bit about hotness of 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 some of these titles, but is is like old school essentials advanced is kind of like that's the thing that just kind of dropped that they're that they had their Kickstarter and they just sent that out. And but what else is kind of big and and new, or you've just the kind of like staples? I, I you know I throw some of these things around. Like, uh, go ahead, Gabe. Um, say OSR is it's so and, and Malcolm kind of touched on this like earlier. The OSR has gone from being let's recreate some of those earliest editions of D anD D. So you have you know you have options like. I mean, the the slogan of like Swords and Wizardry is before first edition, you know, like which is basically emulating OD and D, which is like the white box. So like you can pick a game like that if you really want to get like, you know, I always joke with my friends. It's like if you want to get that neck beardy and get like we're playing like <laughs> OD and D, um, you you can have options like that, or you can have a game that's like emulating. Um, I always say it, Moldvay Basic, or you can have like there's Blue Home, which is Holmes Basic, which is like the original Blue Box. Um, so you have all those flavors, but then at the same time, you also can pick games that are OSR inspired, where it's like the stakes are still really high, but it's not compatible with all those old D&D. So like you have Stars Without Number, which is an OSR um, space exploration game, which uh, my girlfriend ran and I've played. And it's one of my longest campaigns I've ever been a part of. You know, you have that. Um, but then you also have um, games that are like even further deviated from that, where like, you, um, you know, Malcolm mentioned Mothership. Um, so you have all these different flavors, but I'd say like if you're looking for just your standard dungeon crawl, um, you got Labyrinth Lord, um, you have uh, Osric, uh, you ha- even have OSE. Um, but I would definitely say like if, if you're listening to this now and you're like, I want to get into OSR, this sounds like fun. I would personally say check out OSE because OSE is like it, it is it is revolutioning revolutionizing layout. It's revolutionizing um, compatibility with things where, like, say you have a player that's not yet comfy with Echo. It's got the Ascending AC there. Um, and it has some of the best creative minds writing adventures for that um, that you don't even, like, necessarily need to run them in OSE because um, I'm currently running one that's in uh, um, Labyrinth Lord. Um, but I would also say, too, like, if you're if you're the kind of person that's just into art, period, check out a website like Exalted Funeral and just start scrolling through zines. All of that stuff is all OSR stuff, and it's all neat one-offs you can pick up. So, like, the actual scape of what's out there is just gigantic. Um, and I, I think we're going to eventually hit a point, too, where people start OSR-ing, like, third edition. <laughs> we haven't quite yet it, reached It's that, 20 but. years old, almost. Yeah, it's, it's, good. Yeah. it's, it's getting there. So. Yeah, exactly. There are um, the editions. I mean, people play fourth edition, but with... I mean, a, a real they they dialed up the threat a, a lot yeah. so they play that kind of you know uh, tactical ba- uh, fighting but it's super dangerous 
and they keep they they incorporate a lot of old school mentality and how the adventures are made and how the rules should be thought. So they rewrite the rules. That 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 total disrespect for the rules as written is what the OSR is all about. Hack this, hack it to make it work. What exactly what you want? But yeah. yeah, I would say the old school essentials, of course, is what the the hotness right now. Yeah, it's really beautifully done. It's great. Uh, what other games that are cool at the moment is probably Mouse Ritter, which is a basically kind of you know mouse guard type game. This is based on uh, Into the Odd system, which is another OSR rule set. It's very rules light. It's kind of a mixture of um, British old school role playing games like uh, Warhammer Wolfrip, but uh, but what Wolfrip is like skill heavy. Into the Odd is like more OSR, so they, they kind of mix D and D and basic uh, an old uh british role-playing games and it made some kind of uh amalgamation but mouse Raider is really cool there's a new box set coming it's a beautiful game there's a lot of fun fan content being made created right now right now there's a, a kickstarter uh for a book made by the fans also uh it's 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 really cool um it's 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 i always loved the uh, mouse guard but i always thought the role-playing game uh, by luke crane was way too complex for my tastes i love the stories it generates but i thought i would like it a little simpler and this is this is really easy, simple game system so yeah that's the, one version the burning wheel system as much as i love it and i love the verbal combat because it has basically the same complexity for verbal and uh mm. actual combat uh, uh, but it's a lot it's a lot a lot i only really ever want to play it as a one shot I play it. That's a gamer's game. <laughs> I, pl- I play that yeah. at Gen Con. When I go to Gen Con, I'll, hopefully everyone that's hearing me is safe and back and, and clean from Gen Con. Stay safe, homies. But uh, uh, it, it's uh, that that game. I love it. But I and I think uh, we had uh, with somebody running for me, but it it's intense like it's super intense yeah. and it's a lot yeah. and it's it's taking a lot of trad and it's like everything gets thrown in there it's it's like this kitchen sink but it's not these other ga- that sounds like a way you could get people like especially like you're playing mice uh right that's essentially what versus that mouse cats. versus cats yeah, yeah, right cats. so it's really easy for everybody from a little kid to people that have not played anything oh, yeah. to kind of get into that mindset of, of that rather than being like medieval peasants. Right. <laughs> and what's, what's really cool too, now that you oh, mentioned it is um, when you mentioned like kids getting into OSR and that's something that um, people are um, putting content out. There's not a lot of it to my knowledge, um, but I know Dan from Labyrinth Lord, he released uh, Lordling, which is a kid friendly, um, osr game and and by kid friendly i mean like a lot of times when you run osr you know you'll talk about like oh yeah you see this guy and his whole like head just gets crushed in because you brain him or whatever um and like the book will tell you you know add in as much of this as you want um my buddy uh he ran it for his seven-year-old who's just like obsessed with horror movies like he is so he was able to kind of like you know there's these skeletons and their like faces rotting off and stuff but um, she had an absolute blast. So you can, you know, we're we're hitting the point where it, like people are coming up with introductory games into like here's yeah. here's you know check it out. And that was the other thing I was going to mention too is um, if you don't want to like hop in like um, headfirst into OSR, there's OSR light games like Morkborg, which have aspects of OSR, 
the deadliness, the randomness, like, I mean, they even have like scum birther, which is like the character generator. So it's like, well, I died. Click. Here's my new character, um, which kind of have like the essence of OSR in it. So you can you can try out OSR if you like. Give it a shot. And that way you don't have to like read an entire PHB or, you know, what have you. Because um, especially because Morkborg prides itself on like you can learn to play this game in 15 minutes. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Definitely, you know, you have that whole big spectrum from kids, super neck beards, like, you know, wheel, uh, burning wheel, which I absolutely love. I, sh- um, I have to yeah. shave twice a day to keep my neck beard down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The, the true beauty of uh, burning wheel um, is that it contains zero parasitic gameplay, which parasitic gameplay is basically if you remove it, does the game fall apart? Um, so system on systems are um, some of the things that people would argue is, you know, there's an issue with modern tabletop games. You know, you don't need that. If you pull it out, does the game collapse? No. Cool. You can remove it. Burning wheel contains none of that. If you pull yeah. any of those systems yeah, out, yeah, the no game one. collapses. So like yeah. the fact that they were able to design it that perfect is just, it's a feat alone. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it, it generates really cool stuff. I just love when I play games, I love, I like the old school way to say, I mean, this is not only for, for D and D, but the old school way of saying it, like everything else, you just role play it, just role play yep. it. Just say what you want. Try to convince your your referee that that's cool enough, and then and then do it. Yeah. But uh, but I do love systems that create outcomes. That that's 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 uh, that's what also I like about the modern OSR is that they create so many random tables. I mean, uh, many game many of my games, it's basically the entire uh, sitting is just one random event. I didn't even know that was going to happen. Like last time my players played, they were going to uh, check out a a tower. In the in the in this art uh, art involved this this ter- this uh, mega dungeon up above ground, check out a tower. I ran I rolled a random table. I have to roll it like uh, I think three times an hour. No, this was a three times an hour. Yeah, so I rolled it. I rolled a one. Okay, what's coming up? A wyvern's gonna fall. Oh, come here. Who yeah. works for a wyvern? Who works for the who's been cowed by the local green dragon? They have a green dragon in this level. You can you're supposed to meet him at level one because he'll 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 search for the players as soon as they get loot and start you know, arm you know like like saying I need a little money. Give me some of your. I want like I want I want a, I want a percentage a taste of, of it. Work. So some yeah. mobster yeah. dragon essentially. Map mobster dragon. So his wyvern's flying out. <laughs> his protection fee. <laughs> It, or it, I will eat you. Out. Yeah, and wyverns I always play that they're, they're, they're like basically just giant, giant lizards, not very intelligent. So they, they flies down, looks at their, uh, flies down, they see it, but they, they ignore it. No, we want to check this thing out. Okay. I roll reaction, interested. Okay. It's it's going to, it's, it's it, you peak this interest. It flies down, they run away into the forest. It's not really aggressive because I didn't roll any aggressiveness. It's just, Wants to check it out. So they 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 live they leave their stagecoach on the square. That get rummaged through by the wet, wet women. So they start eating eating their food and tearing apart not tearing apart but you know shoving his entire head into the stagecoach. And they they're running they're running around trying to get past it. And I keep on rolling uh, random encounters, and they keep on hitting. So oh, there's <laughs> there's there's like giant rats. You hear apes in the in the, in the further in the forest. Damn. So they, it, all this content was just at random encounters, and we didn't we didn't have time for anything else. They had to go home, and then come back the next session to see what happened to their stagecoach. Thankfully, they had all their stuff on them, and the stagecoach was basically just food and and rope. So they left it there and came back, and that, that was the entire session. It was just basically that. So and then I, the, I, 
I love that. I, I think it's a, uh, to add on to that real quick, I think a modern 5e player, if they're, if they're really wanting to get like honed in on DMing and really test themselves as a DM, I think it's important to try out um, older systems because the older systems are not super forgiving with DMing. Like you really have to think on your toes like that. Like you have to constantly be doing, um, you know, morale checks. You have to constantly be monitoring, um, you know, each and every single monster and like, how are the players going to react? Because on older systems, you have group initiative. The players yeah. can pick whatever order they want. And if they just want a full hard stack up front, like that DM reaction is kind of important to make sure they're still having fun. So, you know, listening to a story like that, like that, I think to me is an important aspect that if you do want to take DMing seriously, try out some older systems and see how much it beats you up. It's kind of like, you know, going to the gym, getting beaten up a little bit, coming back, learning. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of improv because it's so much random mm -hmm. generation. So I, I, I think that helps me as a as a DM because I'm oh, having having to script an entire story and follow it. That's difficult enough. But I'm getting content for free. Oh, yeah, this, this showed up. <laughs> and the, 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 the Green Dragons Wyvern showed up. OK, they have to deal with that. And then they, 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 they all, all of a sudden they know. They're, they're, that there are, and I play with old new players. So they don't know D and D's uh, monster manual in, in inside and out. They have no idea. Oh, a, a lizard kind of looks like a giant bat. It's like the dragon and like a um, smog. He's like, what is that? He's moving like a giant bat. He only has two legs and his, his wings. He's moving around, and they think, oh, that's so weird. And I figured, okay, this is this is like boilerplate stuff but they yeah. they never interacted with it before so they thought it was lots of fun everything is fascinating <laughs> that early exactly. on yeah and, and i think yeah. some of it is and, and especially if you bring new or 5e or some other or is like you have to as a game master you have to portend that this is dangerous right mm -hmm. because a lot of people in 5e and a lot of other s the ventures you're when you meet something you're supposed to be able to beat it Right. That's yeah. this there was sort of mm -hmm. modern, but that's not part of uh, the OSR mentality is whatever happens happening. And if you meet something, you may or may not be able to do anything about it like yeah. at all. Like or you no, might exactly. be able to like punch really far up if you come up with a clever plan, you punch really far up. So it's like there's two sides to that. But it's something that I think people need to know up front. It should be part of that session zero, part of that that beginning yeah. conversation. That like, and look, this is this is dangerous to your characters. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, you know, oh yeah, I, I was gonna say um, the the most recent group that uh, I started. Um, they're they're all you know green five E players, um, which is totally fine. Um, I don't you know I don't really see one one person's favorite you know edition different than you know mine or whichever but you know it's very different so when we did do our session zero i had them make their first character that they're playing um completely traditional 3d6 here's how we're going to add this here's your thaco like all of that using labyrinth lord um basic uh just basic labyrinth lord not advanced and um i told them i'm like we're going to be making i'm going to have you use a generator uh we're going to use five generator or five you're yeah, you're going to uh, generate five additional characters and just print them off. And these will be on the side. But I want this to be a reminder that like, don't get super attached because you can die very easily. In fact, one yeah. of the players, uh, she has, I think one or two HP. I want to say it's one might be two. Um, 
you know, there is very real threat. Once we start, I am running this the way I run OSR. And I'm, I'm very upfront. And I tell them, if you die, I won't feel bad. <laughs> you got to learn, you know, that's how it is. Um, and yeah. they, they enjoy it and they have fun. And talking to them after they were like, that was some of the most fun I've ever had. I've never stayed in a room as long exploring every nook and cranny, checking every trap. Um, you know, there was one scene with like a fountain that was really creepy. Like, you know, I thought it was fun. We spent 20 minutes trying to figure out if that fountain had anything. And um, just like you said, being upfront with that deadliness and kind of that, you know, instilling that intrigue that comes with OSR, I think is very important because if you're not upfront with it, someone can have a bad time. You know, some yeah. people can, you know, oh man, I put this much backstory and now that character is dead, you know? So I yeah. think kind of being upfront with that deadly aspect um, and kind of being open with what's expected of the session is not only important in any D and D session, um, be it Dungeons and Dragons or even Pathfinder or any other system, but especially OSR. Um, if they're coming from a newer system, just just remind them of that, and you'll have a good time. Um, just yeah. set set those expectations and realities right up front. Yeah, I always say losing is fun, and that's something you have to incorporate into your playing. Because I've had mm -hmm. players who have who have my one of my players at work. He lost at least two characters every time he played. And he was coming from a BRP background. But of course, BRP is also even more violent. But he yeah. was still like, in, he, he loved to get into the thick of things, which I, we all loved. He created so much drama. But he was losing characters like crazy. And at, in the end, he was like, this is not for me. And I was like, um, but I'm sorry, because the others love your antics. They love it. But you're, of course, you're dying all the time. And you're always level one. You get a new character. It's always level one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but you got to be a little more careful. But it's not his play style. So he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't get, get past that. But the others could. The thing what I love about it is that in a game where, where you can die so easily is that you get really attached to people who, who go up in level. I had a, a player who had a level six magic user, which, which is, is really insane. big. That's a big deal. That's high. It, it, yeah. That's high. And they were they found a bunch of potions, and they figured, okay, the first thing we do this session is going to find out what those potions do. How, how I ask them, how are you going to do it? Oh, we no. sip. We sip them, of course. About I was like, oh, okay, because no. one of them was poisonous. So they sip it, and of course, I randomize who gets what because the potions are in old Indians are never typical. Yeah. Every every potion maker makes them different, so you can't say a brown one's always this one or or it's, yeah. uh, uh, this smells bad or something like that. It's not like that. So they they drank it, and, and of course, he drank the poison. And then, okay, save. Uh, uh, I I I didn't make the save. Dead. You, you're dead, man. It was poison. What? It was dead. Yeah. And I, I swear. He was gonna cry. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the tears were willing up inside because he was—he loved. It was a fourteen-year-old uh, oh, uh, no. magic user who was like in my game. Magic users are always chaotic, like 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 lamentations. They, you, you you dabble with magic, you're not you're not you're not stable person. So he's a chaotic, <laughs> but still, fourteen-year-old magic user was like one of the most senior in the group, like so powerful at this point, and uh, and then she dies straight yeah. up. And then he 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 had he had to walk out and come back. I, okay, I'm gonna roll up a new character, and I, and, and you know, in, in a fit of rage, he called it ass face. He was so pissed. <laughs> and then ass face got far, so everyone's loving ass face. Oh, the ass face is a great character. I mean, he got, got he rolled really good stats. He was going up in levels. 
and immediately afterwards they think oh can i can we res characters in this game yeah there is a death cult in the town which which was part of the adventure the the, the whole town is uh, ruled by death cult which all the players were trying to interact with all the time resurrection in old school is yeah, 15000 yeah, we so can do it. It, it is it is um is the her name, her name was Annabelle? I, we randomize all the, all the all the NPCs who become player characters later. So Annabelle w- w- uh, was she a member of the church? Yes, she was. Okay, we need a donation. Okay, how much? Fifteen thousand gold. That's as much as gold as they had gotten up to that point. So it was mm-hmm. like, oh no, this is not going to work. So they, they 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 gave the body to the church to be to to be you know entombed because he was a part of the church now. And the same adventure, the same day, they they found a, 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 a fountain of gold, found the carrion crawler, which is a huge maggot, yeah. turned that into gold, hacked it, to, and they got like they carried out. I mean, over I think sixty thousand gold. I mean that session. So they were like, <laughs> oh, and they resurrected her, and she came back, and he was so happy. Annabelle's back, and I God, told I them, I, 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 I did it. Yeah, I, I told them also like that when she got rezzed, Someone's someone else is like is behind that 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 those eyes now. It's not the same person. And then all the players start screaming, "Oh, it's so Game of Thrones!" Oh, they were just loving it. <laughs> she was changed. Like she's not the same Annabelle. Right. And then he started right, playing her differently, and that she was really macabre and all that kind of stuff. And she was like, she. she and of course, later on, that same character unknowingly uh, swore. Um, uh, faith, uh, uh, servitude to a vampire. So all, I mean, all that kind of stuff happens, but that happens because a character you're invested in and all that, uh, the, all, all the danger of the game creates that kind of attachment. So first level characters are dime a dozen, but as soon as you get that third or fourth level character, you get really, really scared and you start really, really uh, getting nervous. The more you play, you get, oh, God damn, I need to go back into the dungeons now. Yeah. Damn. So I'm gonna lose my character. Yeah, and, and so we mentioned f- a few times this is this that OSR is a scene, right? Mm. And with every scene, there are people in said scene because otherwise there wouldn't be a scene. And some of these people you might want to avoid, or there's a, there's a reputation about the OSR scene that is for a more conservative bent of person. That is completely not true. There are three people on here that are not conservatives who love these games, but it is uh, notorious uh, amongst uh, the the role playing game public as as large because of these controversies, like the uh, the the red, yellow, green list that happened a couple of weeks ago. That was yeah, just yeah. like the most bullshit I've seen in a long time, and we yeah. we had a whole four years of bullshit recently so like yeah <laughs> so i kind of want you guys to like uh, let me let me know more about this because uh you know there's something to talk about something to vo- how to how to kind of navigate this as a scene as it were yeah Gabe, do you want to start or do you want me to start um you know i i'll start i i, I really had to collect my thoughts on this um this week because i mean obviously like Everyone has their opinion on the red, green, yellow list um, and everything. And I think I want to start by saying it it's it's dangerous in a, in a in a couple of ways. Um, and I think that 
it's dangerous in the sense that something like that could potentially like fractalize and give people a lot of um, a negative outlook on a scene that maybe they're interested in. Because I think that OSR in general caters to a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it's not it, OSR doesn't have to come associated with a political ideology. And I don't think um, communities in general should ever come that way. You know, if someone's into, hey, I'm really into playing this video game, it shouldn't have that attachment of a political ideology. Um, and I think that um, that specific list um, had someone's, you know, um, political beliefs and how they prefer uh to have their games, you know, like apolitical, which is, I think, what they were claiming uh, the list was made <laughs> for. Um, but uh, I think that the dangerous aspect comes from people having these, um, you know, being told that it uh, OSR is conservative leaning or, you know, Republican leaning, however you want to describe it. Um, and then seeing something like that, you know, the dangerous aspect is that there were people. Um, and I think Malcolm and I talked about this a little bit in private. There were people that were listed as like, you know, green, which were not actually associated with um, any specific political thing. I know um, the author through through Old Tan's Door, which is um, something I'm running my players. He was listed as a uh, green and he flat out came out and was like, no, do not associate me with this. Um, you know, and he made out a tweet that said trans men are men and trans women are women, black lives matter and all of that. So I think that. The dangerous aspect could be that someone is listed on that when in fact yeah. they like have no business on it because I know exactly. Greg Gillespie, um, who's uh, author of the Barrow Maze and a few other things. I've personally interacted with that guy. I talked to him because one of my books um, had an issue with it. Amazing, cool dude. Um, but I saw in in a Twitter reply, people were like, he's dead. You know, he um, let's cancel him and stuff like that. And that only creates even more divisiveness in the community. Mm. Um, so whichever like political standpoint you want to take on it, whether you want to be as aggressive as like, let's cancel everyone on this list or whether you want to, um, try to find a game that maybe isn't as politically heated. Um, that kind of divisiveness is just something I don't want to see period. Um, I don't want to see, um, you know, people that are going to be kind of tossed aside because they appear in someone's, this is like true OSR versus, you know, not. That that's my take on it. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, if you're going to get into any specific scene, whether it is a role playing game like uh, role playing scene like OSR, you need to find out who you want to associate your your table with, and you need to figure out if this game is appropriate or not for your your table. Um, if you don't want to play something associated with Zach S, who had his own political. Um, experience will say um some things came out that weren't very savory uh if you want to ban his books that's totally fine too but you don't need to um immediately like start listing everybody like it's some type of um ranking approval system but that mm -hmm. that is my personal <laughs> take on it i have probably gone on more than i should have about it but malcolm <laughs> what, do you, what do you think do you agree disagree well yeah i think that the my my take is that the OSR is like any scene. It has, I mean, those of us who've been in music scenes know all about it. There's a lot of lot, big characters who take a lot of stock in what they think, and which some, I mean, if we, in some way, it's it's laudable. I mean, 
if you're a creator, I want you to have a very strong opinion about what you think is good because that will help you create good stuff. And if that means a little trash talking, so be it as me as a as a consumer. I mean, uh, pompous people can create good stuff. So I want people to have a strong opinion about things and such. That's But that's how it basically any scene is. But also the OSR is, a, 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 a strangely, a microcosm of the entire, let's say, America. So because it's it's also a small nostalgia factor, it means that it spans a huge age range. Age range. Yeah. So you have people that are kids up to seventy year olds playing. So, and being in America, that means that if you're a little bit older, you might skew Republican, and that might mean things. And that is basically how it is. So I think people from more insular uh, communities, and the punk community, as big as it is, is quite, quite insular. I mean, it's hard to be a right winger and listen to punk because you're not yeah. going to be accepted. But I mean, if you were like, I don't know, into mandolin playing or drums or something like that, of course, anybody can be a drummer. And strangely, the same thing is with old school D&D. So you get people who have different political views and people are not used to that because I'm used to being in the story uh, in narrative control scene, and there's much more, uh, uh, you know, homogenous uh, uh, scene there where people are, who who like the same things have maybe the same cultural backgrounds. But D and D is so big and so old, you get a lot of people into it. So I think what people think is being having a right wing bias just means, sadly, it has. A, a plethora of different people, and they're not yeah. used to meeting Republicans in their in their scenes. And sadly, Republicanism in America has become something something quite toxic in the mainstream. I mean, talking about the big lie about the election, COVID denialism, about uh, a bunch of heinous stuff. And I mean, I'm not I don't like pro lifers or necessarily, but I mean. Uh, and I think that government should be big <laughs> and all that stuff. But there there are issues people can differ on. But now Republicans have become toxic in of, the, in of themselves. And that creates some tension when the, there are Republicans in your midst and they say a bunch of stupid shit and ignorant stuff. And what I think is important is that you create a scene that is open to everyone. And I don't mean open to Republicans necessarily, but open to people from differing backgrounds, different ethnicities, different uh, persuasions, but all that kind of stuff. I mean, different, I mean, being open to, so people from uh, oftentimes um, uh, uh, my, my, my minorities uh, can can feel welcome in, in our scene. So that's the things that, that, are, that are not negotiable. You cannot yeah. have someone uh, question someone's uh, pronouns if it's important to them. That's not okay. You can't have people slack off on Black Lives Matters the issues in a disrespectful manner. People can think differently, all that, but it, that when you have African-American players at the table. I mean, there's some things that you, you have to be respectful for everyone who's there. And then you can differ and maybe you can, maybe some places have to become a little apolitical because it gets in America very yeah. uh, very quickly and everyone who has a large family in the states probably recognizes this that some things you can't talk about around the the larger family gatherings anymore and that's probably that might be the same thing here but i think the important thing is to to work for di diversity to open up your own table don't play with only yeah. people you know from high school 
start reaching out and meeting people from totally different backgrounds uh, and trying to invite them to your games. Create uh, uh, um, gaming clubs and just make sure that this is how we how we re interact here and make sure that there's not only uh, white middle class males that are coming there or cis males, but other kinds of people and reach out, say this is a, we're trying to make a community here that, that will be open to all types and we will enforce this, the, 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 uh, everyone's being uh, treated with respect. Those are things that you, you have to work for. But then I think sadly that in, at least in America, but also here in Sweden, that like uh, searches for like, I mean, and the big sort is starting to come. And when you don't meet people of other backgrounds, you can start demonizing them and other, uh, making them the other. And I think that's what Republicans are doing right now, that they don't meet enough Democrats or left-leaning people, and they start thinking that they want them, they think they think the, the Democrats actually want to dis destroy America and to enslave them and their children and all this weird stuff. And if they met more Democrats and had lived with them and had to meet them at the at yeah. uh, at PTA meetings and stuff they you might not like them and you might think you might talk shit about them uh behind their backs but you wouldn't think they were trying to destroy the country and so i think yeah yeah that that's i think that's just kind of a look on american politics right now is that a, a lot of people's biggest fault is just echo chambers um and i think that that's unhealthy for both sides Personally, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm very left leaning, but I think that sitting and um, listening to the same echo chamber over and over and over and over and over um, isn't healthy. And that's how you get things like, again, those Twitter comments that like genuinely upset me because I own a lot of books from some of those authors and um, they had to come out and basically say like, hey, this is where I stand because people were just ready to just immediately cancel them. You know, yeah. and that's 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 scary, and that's very dangerous. In my yeah, opinion. the thing, the thing a, about that list. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, there's kind of a hair trigger thing going on right now because, yeah. like, even if the the I I sort of think the point of a lot of some of this was just to kind of try and like throw a grenade out there and like really uh, uh, have it explode, and it did. Yeah. It have exploded. A lot of people. Uh, got hit and had to tell you know talk about their feelings on things that they didn't really necessarily have to talk about right yeah, yeah. because it doesn't I don't require people to tell me their political philosophy when they show me their game I might deduce it from the way the game is written but like that's from you know whatever taste I but I think that there is every scene every okay this involve humans humans there's a percentage of humans that are toxic okay there are toxic humans everywhere and on both sides of every political argument any any scale you're going to find people that are terrible in one yeah. way or another uh you know zach s being a you know the edge lord right. uh, of you know there's the sexual uh uh predators in a lot of places and we have to continue mm -hmm. to fight and create spaces that allow people to come and hang out and, and enjoy these uh, games that we enjoy uh, without uh, allowing uh, these toxic personalities to rule the day. And, and that's yeah. one of the reasons I said OSR should be the first of this series because 
I I originally when I first started listening to uh, Full Metal RPG, I was very much in the narrative control, um, uh, nar- narrative control uh, sector of story games and all that. And it was through listening to a lot of these shows that I kind of discovered a lot of the OSR stuff. And while fantasy is not my primary uh, genre, I do enjoy playing it with my friends. And I enjoy having these experiences where, just like in narrative control, where everything's on a st- just the, the end of a string. And and it, it, it just one little one ways, and it's all down the hill. And that's... Yeah. Uh, and that's really what um, what I think has to be said about any scene. But we have to uh, continue to be in the scene, even if we think that there's a lot of toxic uh, stuff, if we want to move forward and still enjoy things. Right. Yeah. But I also I, I agree, Richie. Uh, the thing I think is important is also not to oversell it. I mean, we do have a few actors who are um, flat out conservatives and, uh, and, and espouse a lot of conservative views uh, on the, on politics and also uh, judge other players and other uh, types of gamers because of that. I mean, they, they, they exist, of course, but I don't think they're necessarily that political in their content. So I don't think even, even buying their book with me, oh, I'm like, I'm it's not like you're getting uh, pro-life propaganda there's nothing that all their political leanings are only in social media so but you, you I, I don't think that, there was definitely some of those there was definitely some stuff we saw from one of those people on that list this week this last week there was a random ge- dungeon generator about abortion that, oh, okay that that, 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 was, that there yeah, there are definitely but, people on those lists that are tr- definitely trying to claim a space for a very yeah. specific ideology that's happening all the time. I'm not going to mention that person's name because no. I, I don't really, we don't need that. Right. But no, exactly. um, just know that not everybody on that li- list or in, in the scene is out for a, a good time. They're here to kind of portray yeah, their definitely. own thing. So, um, but anyway, we've got, we're at an hour and a half here, so I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and, uh, say, go ahead and give me your final thoughts, anything we missed, anything you want to mention, final statements, and then we'll, I got a little thing and then we'll end the show. So. Sure. Sure. Um, start. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, I'll okay. start. Uh, uh, I would like to. Uh, pitch the or or you know recommend the the podcast blogs on tape which is a uh a, a podcast where different people read up like the best blog texts on in the osr so you can hear you don't have to read them you can just listen to them so you just subscribe to the to their feed and you'll get i mean a, a lot of really good stuff from from um uh, from the from the best in the in in uh, in the scene and a lot of them are really eye-opening, really interesting. And they're also quite funny because many of them re- write their texts in a very, uh, uh, you know, in a very uh, casual manner. So it actually works as, as someone reading them aloud. So I would highly recommend that blog. You get uh, a lot of stuff there. And if you're interested in the OSR, I think the blog still is probably one of the best uh, places to go. There's a lot of creativity out there. A lot of really smart people writing. I mean, I mean, generation, uh, best in the generation stuff, actually. So, if you don't 
want to read the blogs, there's a podcast where people uh, just you know read the read the posts, and uh, it's a great it's great. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, I think with OSR, I, I always recommend everybody to at least try it. Um, whether someone's been playing 5e nonstop, whether someone exclusively plays OSR or anything. And I think that just give it a shot. Um, there's a lot of different systems that can cater it to you. I always describe OSR like Linux. <laughs> there's a Linux for everything. There's an OSR retro clone for literally everything. Um, I would say that if you are interested um, and you're kind of like, I want to see how this old school feels, but you don't want to try full old school, something like Morkborg would be great. Um, but if you do want to go full head on in into OSR, um, old school essentials is popping off and it's pretty big. Um, but you can go as far back as something like Labyrinth Lord, um, which is my personal favorite. Um, and just just give it a shot um, because I think that it's it's such a different mindset um, in how the game is played and how the game is run um, that I think that bare minimum, you will come out um, with something new to throw into either your game, your play style or yeah. something, because it's, yeah. it's so, some people say, Oh, it's hyper deadly. It's, it's super dangerous and all that. That is some of OSR, but I don't think it's like the definition of it. Um, it's, it's, it's an attractive quality for someone like me. Um, but I think that the thing that I like the most about it is that it, the power, like the, the scale of power is so reeled back to where you really have to think about every single action you do, which yeah. adds so much to the game. And I think that in modern D&D, some of that can be lost um, because you know you, you're, the, the power scaling is so high up or whichever that I think just giving it a shot, you don't like it, that's fine too, but at least you, you tried it. Um, and if you do get into it, there's so many resources um, for you to come up with your own adventures or for free adventures or whichever. And, I mean, I have a friend that's really into art that just likes OSR because of all the artwork and the layout and the passion that goes into each product. Um, so there, there's something for everybody in there. Um, and you shouldn't look at um, certain things um, that might seem unsavory to you as a thing to prevent you from trying it. Because if, if you want to try it, there will be a space for you um, at, at someone's table to try OSR. Um, so... All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, like I, I wanted to wrap it up here, mention uh, that it was it was an amazing conversation. I'm glad we had this. And uh, I also re-mentioned that, you know, you think we're you're following us on Instagram. You're not. But also <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get there. But also, if you want to see, I got of course, it doesn't work because anyway, the new T-shirt. The new limited edition, new logo, amazing Wolf Mungus uh, uh, art on on the front. I I have a picture of me wearing it, so it does exist. It is. I I wish I had gotten it washed by now so I could wear it today. But I'm, we're, I'm wearing the old school our old school logo T shirt uh, that mm. you missed because it's gone. But it's gone. Uh, it's gone. But uh, definitely go to our T Public site through our link tree, fullmetalrpg.com, to check out that art because I love it. And there's a cheeky little ampersand in there somewhere. If you, you don't want to, if you want to look around in the art, there's something very cheeky in there. So uh, <laughs> I really appreciate um, everybody's coming and watching and 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 uh, 
Oh, did it did it not trans? Oh, there we go. It transitioned back to us. And uh, I wanted to uh, say have a have a have a good night, have a good lo- lovely day as I transition over to the outro. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Later. Rock.